And these companies are now worth each over $30 billion. Where what they're doing is fundamentally providing a solution you just put in your own system. Hey, developers, you need a payment solution for your app? Stripe makes it easy. You can handle SMS messaging, video chat. Twilio has APIs for that. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, and is sponsored by Leumitech, Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. Let's talk APIs. Welcome Jeremy Glassenberg, Product Management and Platform Leader. Jeremy is an experienced product leader for over 12 years with a proven track record of building APIs and monetizing developer platforms at places like Box and TradeShift. He has managed and expanded communities of tens of thousands of developers, executed on high-profile integrations, promoted by Salesforce and Google, and established paths to monetization through developer platforms. Jeremy Glassenberg, thank you for joining me on 20-Minute Leaders. How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. Are you ready to talk about APIs, developers, developer relations? Always am. I am extremely excited. Uh, I've been talking to quite a few you know, technology enthusiasts, entrepreneurs, investors about all sorts of different customers in different markets. I'm excited to dive deep now into the developer market and what it means to build products that developers love. What do APIs mean, uh, not just on a technical level, but also you know, historically, how have they shaped our use of technology and creating a more integrated world. But before all that, Jeremy, tell me a little bit about yourself and and throw in there a little bit about, you know, being the mascot for Firefox. I think that would be fascinating. Oh, right. That little side side item. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, high level, been uh, doing the product management thing for a little over 12 years now um, with a specialty and uh, just kind of irrational obsession with, uh, with APIs and developer experiences. Uh, what I'm most well known for is is Box. I was uh, basically the first hire for their developer platform uh, as a PM, and basically over time I built out everything necessary there to get a developer ecosystem going. Um, I've also built out a developer platform over at a TradeShift. That's the other unicorn company I'm allowed to talk about. Uh, as a consultant, I've helped several other now unicorn companies uh, either build and launch or redesign, re-implement and relaunch their their APIs uh, while working really in a range of industries, enterprise software, education software, drones, even the private space industry. It's a nice thing about working on APIs. You really just uh, can, can help out many, many spaces. So uh, the Firefox mascot, how did you even get involved with Firefox Mozilla? And, and what, what did you end up with the mascot? Yeah, um, and if you want the full story, I actually interviewed at Mozilla while in grad <laughs> school, uh, got, got rejected. Um, I kind of I accepted the the, the decision because at the time I had very little work experience and that that was the concern. But I just really liked the people I met. I got I learned a lot about their open source community, and I wanted to get involved afterwards. And uh, and so I did. That actually is a great story of overall just how you know just you know karma can really help out with your career because at one point they were interested in hiring me again and at the time I wasn't about to leave the startup I was at so they understood that I was genuinely just helping them out because I wanted to help them out um but the recruiters who remember that actually went on to become talent partners at VC firms 
So uh, my time at Mozilla unintentionally helped me out over over the course of my career. Uh, but the, the Firefox mascot, at one point I was invited to, I think it was um, Firefox's fifth birthday party. And uh, whoever was supposed to be in the costume basically got overheated. So someone asked if I was uh, willing to help out and, uh, you know, sent you the photo. Long story short, you know, Firefox is, is one wild guy. I, I love that. I, I completely love that. Jeremy, you mentioned that you have this weird uh, obsession and passion for APIs. So before we talk about, you know, the history of APIs and how critical they are to our to our you know, developer economy today. Tell me a little bit about what APIs are, you know, even for the people that may be non-technical listening to this. Yeah, and I have to emphasize that my, my focus has been mostly on web APIs. But APIs, application mm-hmm. programming interfaces, they're basically a way of letting different programs talk to each other. In the web, what that can mean for the semi-technical folk is you know, when you go to a browser, and we're going to google.com, you're going to get back some HTML and JavaScript, some stuff that tells Chrome this is what to show to the user. In an API, we're just returning, we used to return XML, now we're returning JSON, but it's a format that basically tells another program what's going on. So it's just a way of letting apps interact with each other um, more than the users having their direct interactions. Uh, that allows some more automated operations to happen in the background. And as we've seen in the use cases, a lot of companies basically enabling more for their customers than they ever could by, by partnering with other experts, by partnering with other services. Right. So tell me a little bit about what opportunities this opens up. Because, because you know, if, if we're looking at the world until, let's say, 1970, 1980, even before the Internet, every company, technology company, needed to build its own on-premise technology that serves itself, right? What has this communication and integration, what opportunities has this opened up for the world? Well, you know, we've seen before the days of the Internet the benefits of opening up your operating system. That was, you know, the big thing for, for Microsoft Windows. when They said, we're going to let anyone write apps on top of, of our software. We're going to be cross-platform. We're going to be open to others to, to build and write apps. And uh, what happens there is then you enable much more functionality for, for your users. There are many other use cases right. for APIs, though. Uh, but if we get into you know, web APIs, uh, when I joined Box back in, in 08, we actually had several value propositions for the, the APIs. A box is, uh, in its simplicity, it's a way to upload files, download files, do other stuff good too. It's basically, it's an online content management collaboration solution. Um, Box's marketing team is going to hate me for saying this, but many will, will say we're the enterprise version of Dropbox. But basically, we had actually three key value points for our APIs. One was uh, having our APIs as a feature solution for channel partners. So it could be a mobile app that needed to get content on and off of their application or utilize sharing functionality. And so through our APIs, they could enable that um, if they just let their users connect with Box. So we were a feature benefit, and then those sort of partners could bring us new users. Item two was then we had customers coming in asking, do you have this capability? And maybe we didn't. Maybe we weren't even going to build it because it was either one off or it was going to be too difficult. But hey, can someone right. else do it? And we would find someone else who could provide a solution to help us close these, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar plus deals. Um, and then number three was where Amazing. our customers had their own infrastructure, their own internal network, 
and they want to connect their existing internal software with what we had a box to further automate the experience. So very often it's uh, it's for internal tools. Uh, there are many, many value points for a developer platform, many ways to um, to monetize. John Muster, who's the founder of Programmable Web, he um, regularly gave a talk at this conference, GlueCon, we would highlight all of the new ways of monetization and his just diagram will keep getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, but among others, we could talk about, you know, a box, box was a customer facing product with a complementary platform. What we're seeing now are stripes and twilios in these companies where the core product is an API. And these companies are now worth each over right. $30 billion where what they're doing is fundamentally providing a solution that you just put in your own system. Hey, developers, you need a payment right. solution for your app? Stripe makes it easy. You need to handle SMS messaging, video chat? Twilio has APIs for that. Right. So what I'm hearing from you, Jeremy, is that one of the biggest shifts that we've seen, especially in the last 10 years, is companies understanding there are these software needs that a lot of different organizations have. These uh, needs are quite complicated, convoluted, and, and they cost quite a lot of money to maintain and make sure that they're really scalable and, and, and secure as well. So if we can provide those solutions in the form of, an, of a web API, then others around the world can then just license it from us and enjoy them. Where are we headed with this integration? Are we just opening ourselves up to, you know, an explosion of a marketplace? Where, where do you see the world of APIs moving? You know, when it comes to marketplaces, I, I happen to actually teach uh, a course on that. And this isn't to advertise. It's to give a disclaimer that course is two and a half hours long. So uh, <laughs> that's a whole other, other topic. But marketplaces certainly come up in the world of, of APIs, app marketplaces, Salesforce's app right. exchange. And that's one business model where APIs come up. Um, in general, I like to just at the highest level categorize the businesses by those companies that have a core customer consumer facing product with a complementary platform. And then the stripes and the twilios of the world where the platform is the product. And also API tooling. Now for any of these marketplaces come up. API tooling, by the way, is more when you're actually building an API. There are these tools to help you build the API, and that's been trending very well over the right. past few years. But among the trends we've seen were, in Category A, many companies whose business model are very much dependent on having those APIs. Uh, at some companies, it's 30% of the revenue. At other companies, it's 99% of the revenue requires the, the APIs in enterprise tech. It may not be fundamentally an API right. company, but they need it for every deal they're closing. Um, and, if, and when it comes to the APIs only companies, you know, we've seen multiple decacorns, $30 billion plus companies forming in the last few years. And so, you know, we only anticipate more of that. And many VCs have spoken with me about that. And yes, I anticipate more of that. Right. And all the while there have been these, um, you know, hipsters in API world who were trying to whip up these solutions to make it easier. Uh, and that's a trend I like to talk about of the general trends and expectations and product quality and what it takes to actually build APIs today. Um, but the API tooling space has really Please. taken off in the last couple of years. We're just starting to see some unicorns. It's not as big as the, you know, APIs core companies, but the tooling mm -hmm. space is, is doing well as the demand for APIs rise as the expectations, the standards now um, for developers, they're expecting better standards for their APIs. 
And then the need to be able to build good APIs as well, that's coming up more and more. So we are seeing more demand in the API tooling space. So tell me a little, you know, give me a broad understanding of what is this tooling space that, that you're talking about? What does it mean to, to an API tool for those API-centered companies? So at its core, there's usually the API gateway. It's basically when you're building and ready to launch an API, there's this tool to help you manage the API. It sits at the front, it takes in those API requests, and it can filter for you. It can handle DDoS attacks. It can handle rate limiting, or maybe an app that didn't have any malicious intent is just doing something wrong. They're making too many calls, and maybe can catch some errors for you. Um, but beyond that, there are these other tools to help you with the design of the APIs and the developer community aspect itself that goes to what I call the API product lifecycle. And uh, let me know if I'm going off topic here, but something I always emphasize when it comes to No, APIs, no, no. This is fantastic. And this applies for tooling, for API-only companies, for anything when you're working on an API. I've seen a lot of success. I've also seen many spectacular failures. And the number one reason for failures are when these companies get the idea of, if you build it, they will come, which we know doesn't work anywhere else in product management for, but for whatever reason that's still lingering in the world of, of APIs. Uh, and, and, and by the way, as, as a Chicago one, I have to note if, uh, so the movie where this actually comes from, uh, Field of Dreams, uh, what actually happens is they build this, uh, a baseball field that attracts the ghosts of the uh, Chicago White Sox players who took a bribe to throw a World Series. When you think about it, even in the movie where this comes from, they didn't really attract the kind of customers you want. Um, but sometimes they think it's by developers for developers. So the business folk are going to say, let's just throw this problem at the engineers. And the engineers are saying, like, what do we do? I mean, we have some internal APIs. Let's slap some documentation on it. We don't really know what we're doing here. And they struggle. And that's where you come in, right? That's where we come in. And so what I encourage is the API product lifecycle. And something very interesting that's happening is uh, there's this trend of encouraging API standards, making it easier to design certain consistent quality APIs. Uh, and some of the tools originally were helpful for developers who are whipping up internal APIs. But now it's about supporting the API product cycle, which I should clarify, it's basically treat this like a product problem. It's just that your customers happen to be developers. So, And what does that mean, Jeremy? Because I think that that's an important distinction because there's very different, in, I think that first of all, obviously developers, we're a, a special kind of species and we, we have different expectations and we absorb and we give feedback in a different way. What does that mean to have to have developers as your primary customer. So let's take Box as, as an example. This is a company where we had a core customer-facing product, and then the APIs were for partners, various types of partners. Okay, well, who are the partners we're going to be working with? What are the sort of apps they're going to build? How do we make it as easy as possible for them to build those apps? Sometimes it's in the design of your APIs. Sometimes it's the it's in the additional tooling of the APIs, uh, around the APIs. Uh, for instance, over a box, we found that there were many um, web services who just want to let their users move a file in their web service over to box rather than having to download it to their desktop and then uploading it to box. 
Now, in order to do this with right. a basic API that says you can upload files, you can get a user's you know folder structure and display that to the user, you can handle authentication, it would still take a decent number of API calls to do this. But we saw enough companies doing right. the same thing, so we figured, can we just make it easier for them? Uh, do we give them you know, a script? In their case, we actually had, at one point, just a URL, box.com slash import. Uh, you put that link in front of the download link, and it would just send the user over to Box, and we would authenticate the user and um, let them, you know, pick a folder and, and upload for them. So we just made their lives easier. Uh, as another example, I once worked in, in the supply chain in, in invoicing, and this was a company that in principle was APIs first, eat your own dog food. Also, RESTful, I shouldn't sure shoot too much detail around it, but REST is basically a common standard for a way to design structured, scalable APIs well. And they had all of that. And they had this elegant API that didn't fit for their use cases. In, say, the world of invoicing, it should take, you, know, you want to have one API call, say, create an invoice. It took five API calls. Um, because you can apply these wow. standards of REST and everything else but if you're not thinking through what are the sort of apps that are going to be built, what are they trying to do, and then make it easier, you're not going to have a good developer experience. So it starts with understanding your developers, knowing the kind of things they're going to do, and then designing your APIs according to use case, then implementing the APIs. And that's really where the product side of things comes about, right? That's where you're, you're saying that it's not just, you know, take whatever existing APIs we have, let's slap, slap on some you know, documentation on them and just release them. It's really under, under put, putting, the, putting it as a product-facing uh, agenda, understanding what is the end of the primary use cases and is our, do, do our APIs satisfy those product requirements that our users actually want? They obviously don't want to call those five APIs to get to their end result. They want to call this one RESTful API, right? Yeah. And, you know, I've known the Twilio folk from their early, early days, and I knew they were going to take off because they understood this. They had... You just says any good product manager's customer empathy, they had developer empathy. And they designed APIs well and they designed a good developer experience. Stripe was famous for this as well. They actually did it without product managers. It was by engineers for engineers. Uh, so Twilio uh, was a company I've known since the early days. And I could tell they were going to take off because they have what we call developer empathy, which is just like customer empathy for any other area of, of product. And uh, Stripe as well, you could see it. They designed their APIs based on use case. They designed their developer website accordingly. Stripe was famous for this really elegant style of documentation. Uh, they did it without product managers. It was by engineers for engineers at Stripe, but it wasn't by engineers for themselves. It was engineers who understood right. what their developer community needed. They listened to that community and they built yes. accordingly. Right, that, that makes a lot of sense. Jeremy, before we leave, first of all, I have to thank you for being so generous with your time. I know how busy you are. I, I also have to ask, why are you so passionate about this? You know, there's all sorts of different things you can do with your skill sets and, and with technology in general. Why, what makes you so excited and passionate about building great tools for developers and creating this integrated workspace? Yeah, you know, I, I've been in APIs since before the 2009 API craze when, when APIs got cool. But I'm, I'm not a hipster. Definitely not a hipster. Uh, but basically, if you want the story, it goes back to, I guess, late 2005. Do you remember iGoogle? 
Wow. You remember this thing. It wow. was an alternative homepage for Google where it was this customizable yes. homepage where you could install these third-party tools and everything was iframed in. Wow. And I saw that and I was thinking, can I make the web work like an operating system? When I had this idea, the idea was basically I Google on caffeine. It's called a web top afterwards. A few companies tried it. We had a web page that looked like a desktop operating system. You could like install web apps and run them all. But I had enough sense to figure out that that idea wasn't actually valuable. Um, the web as an OS was not going to be like a desktop. But one way or another, the web could be an OS if services could talk to each other more. If it was less about the website and more about the APIs to allow these services to, to talk to each other. So um, I was just in, in grad school, which was an MBA program, hacking away at whatever APIs I could find. I was actually at one point a top 15 iGoogle gadget developer. And uh, eventually I found that for the first time ever a product role that was focused just on APIs at a company I hadn't heard of at the time. I actually found the job listing on Craigslist, uh, which was which was Box. And Aaron Levy there was excited about APIs before they were popular too. And we demonstrated value in the company and APIs just, you know, took off as a bunch of other companies demonstrate the value as well. I love that. Jeremy, thank you so, so much for this. Uh, before we leave, the most important question, three words that you would use to describe yourself. Uh, I should take a more, more time to think about that, but um, I could just say... Um, I, the, whatever comes to mind, this is not a hard yeah. commitment. I don't want to say irrationally developer-obsessed. I, I think I need to have developer-obsessed in some way. Uh, developer-experience-obsessed. How about that? <laughs> I love that, and I think it fits perfectly to what we've been discussing these past 20 minutes. Jeremy, thank you very, very much. Uh, stay safe and stay healthy, and continue promoting APIs and developer tools for the rest of the world because that's where we're headed. And I just love the collaboration. I love that everything is at our fingertips, and any, almost any thing that I need to build, I can pretty much call on an API and, and somebody much smarter and more uh, talented did that for me. So I think that's just, it's remarkable to me. So thank you for taking the time to do this with me. Happy to chat. Happy to help. Thank you. Take care, everyone.